Yeah. That's a, that's a cooking. That's and, a cooking. And by cooking, I mean recording. Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Brass, wrestle, brass, wrestle down, wrestle, brass, wrestle down, wrestle, brass, wrestle down. I'm Jared Proud and Palapal. <laughs> I am Doc Dennis. <laughs> uh, Caster Bruno. <laughs> That's right. I'm casting all the things. Broken arms, spells on your heart. Let's go. Oh no, my heart! Oh, uh, <laughs> your arm's fine. <laughs> uh, we talk about wrestling, and uh, this week we're going to cover our favorite angles where there's a bunch of cuckolding and it doesn't lead to a match. <laughs> there's three currently. <laughs> it's uh, are there three? I think there's just so just there's just one left now. What, like one of them went on for so long, the guy quit. Yes, that for his release last week. Yeah, month, month, month. Yeah, last month. Um, yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, Drake Maverick is doing his thing on 205 Live. I don't think I've seen him do anything with the 24-7 title, so I assume his marriage is over. Oh! <laughs> I hope not. I know it, I, Keaton, I know it's fake. My, our, our cat Keaton, my little buddy's here. He's not being cucked by anybody currently. No, he does not do that. He just, he, if anything, he cucks my time. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, buddy? Look at you. Hanging out on Dennis' lap. Uh, Which, again, probably not going to lead to a match because he's too adorable. No, no one wants to fight Keaton. Negative. Yeah. Um, Keaton's the one who starts at the fights. It's the only way to get food. He is the one who fights. <laughs> We're, I'm almost at that part of Breaking Bad 2. Um, uh, <laughs> Where Walter White just hangs out with cats more? <laughs> when he's the one who fights. All right. Or he's the one who knocks. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So, like, not much has happened in wrestling because WWE went to the UK and, uh, fucking, I'm not watching that shit. Yep. Um, and then and it's just been, like, uh, every, all their brands are mixing and matching together and I am not for it. Uh, I think they should be separate. And that is how November is going to be. But on the bright side, AEW presented their first pay-per-view since they got their TV deal. Or since they first started doing TV episodes with full gear. On vroom, the, vroom! The, that was the sound of the pay-per-view. That is how <laughs> uh, the, the, the three-man booth for the pay-per-view was Excalibur, Jim Ross. And a and, Corvette. Yes. <laughs> and a Corvette that was left running. It was very bad for the environment. <laughs> it and was terrible for audio. It was atrocious for <laughs> the lungs of everyone next to the booth. Yep. Um, but... Yeah, who's the third one? Golden Boy? No, and there was not a third person. Oh, that's right. Tony Schiavone was on assignment for yes. Georgia football. Just a two-person booth. So we got to hear JR uh, have a very long senior moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one long pregnant one for three hours. Yeah. There was a there was a point where I was reading um some comments on the uh, Tights and Fights message board mm-hmm. during the live thread, and somebody said something about, like, JR's... Uh, I think the combo was something like JR has made me want to uh, say okay boomer like 75 times tonight. Okay and boomer. Just as that got posted, he like could not remember how to uh, pronounce Sammy Sakura's name. Uh. <laughs> that little stretch that happened during that match. But uh, yeah, what are your impressions of Full Gear? We watched it together mm. and I, th- I had a good time. I, I very much enjoyed it. The, the pace and the psychology of the matches was very deliberate. Yes. And- I was expecting kind of more fireworks more quickly, which we definitely got in like matches to matches, especially with the yeah the lights out match at the very mm-hmm. end. Yeah, um, solid show. Yes, I agree. I think like uh, this was AEW's toughest audience in a while because like every Dynamite show, the crowd is just at like ten uh, the whole time. Yep, the big Sean Spears fans. <laughs> They're just at like nine or ten, just like screaming, and then like this one, uh, it was in Baltimore, and they seem to kind of sit on their hands for the first like uh, half of just about every match. Yep. Except for maybe the first one. What was the opener? The tag match with the, the Young Bucks, which uh, Young Bucks and uh, Proud and Powerful, uh, formerly known as LAX, uh, which you can't really, uh, you can't really sit on your hands for those guys. Those guys yeah. are gonna. Pull it out and like be crazy. What's that, Keaton? Yeah. You want you want to type something for the audience? 
when they're super hard workers, you get one guy, Ortiz, is just like literally biting the top rope at different points, mm-hmm. getting on the top rope, turning to the audience, and just like, we're the best! We're the best! Yeah. We're the best! Yeah, Ortiz was running his mouth the whole time, and it was yep. delightful. <laughs> Him doing, I don't even remember what he did, but then afterwards he yelled, I'm a genius! Afterwards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's those little touches that um, add to the match. The young, yeah, I mean, there were a bunch of different times where the both tag teams would run over to the opposite corner and just mm-hmm. knock down whoever was uh, not legal. So I think it was one of those times that like Ortiz dodged uh, getting hit by one of the Jacksons. He was like, uh, oh, what genius! Yes, yeah. A great opener. Mm-hmm. Great, like, one of the best matches on the card, I think. Very much. Um, I've read a review on it where, like, it was nice to see the Young Bucks purposely holding back because they easily could have, like, overdone it or just, like, overshadowed things that were going to come later. Yeah. And they did a very measured job of having excellent tag psychology Nick Jackson at one point does a running kick to a corner post that uh, had Ortiz on it I think that was the I'm a genius oh yeah and just like totally whiffs it but like whacks the post Mm -hmm. so like most of the match is just like can he overcome physically what he normally does with like his flips and his dips and his super kicks and the answer was mostly no yes so just like consistent uh, leg psychology. Yeah, fun time. Yeah, that was the story of the match. They were just about even athletically and uh, you know strategically, but then the injury to Nick Jackson uh, you know, took them out. They couldn't do a lot of their signature moves, which is what happens, Keaton. When you do a lot of flips. That's right. Okay, buddy. Um, yeah, so it's like the first taste formally, I guess, of uh, Inner Circle versus uh, the, elite. the Elite Warfare. Yeah. Um, at least in like a pay-per-view environment. Um, that was the first match on the show. There was the buy-in, which featured... Oh, right, yeah. Um, the pre-show. For all... All in. Yeah. Uh, Allinfullgear.com. Uh, for, yeah, it was B. Priestley versus Britt Baker, which the whole video package selling the thing was a little bit strange, where it was, uh, B. Priestley's not a very safe worker. She gave me a concussion. Yes. I'm gonna beat her up about it. Yep. Uh, yeah, they, the the story was based in reality where Britt Baker got a concussion uh, from a kick to the head and was very mad about it, understandably. Yep. Um, and the, the story was basically that B should be safer in the ring, which is kind of an odd story to tell, but it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like in, like, you know, most sports. Like, you, you want to hurt the person, but you don't want to maim them to the point where they can't do their jobs. Right. Um because like she needs her head for dentistry and also for wrestling. This is true. Yeah, a lot of just weird details sprinkled in this one. Yeah. Uh, as B Priestley um, had made her entrance and Britt Baker was walking to the ring, the announcers were just like, and Cody tweeted earlier that Britt Baker's got the full flu, and I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Good job for them, like, for wrestling, um, you know, despite the flu. You would not have been able to really tell if they hadn't said anything. Oh, and yeah. I kind of wish I hadn't known. That's the thing, is that, like, it didn't detract from the physicality. It, it is impressive. Mm. But her finishing move is she shoves her fingers in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, that's, uh, ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's, al- like, it's already ew, but then when you realize that she's got the flu and she's been wrestling a match on a, a dirty mat for ten minutes or however long that match was, it's ugh. Yeah. So, like, that dirtiness carried over, which became the running joke with you and I of just, like, well, that person's got the flu. Yeah, after the, at the end of, or, or not the band, part of the, uh, Young Bucks, uh, proud and powerful match. Uh, someone spat gum at uh, one. Of, or one of the Young Bucks spat gum at one Santana. of the guys at Santana, and he picked up the gum off the mat and put it in his mouth, and that is disgusting. Yep. Even without the chance that people with the flu have been rolling around on the floor beforehand. One thousand percent not the show to watch if you're a germaphobe. Yes, yeah, uh, which I am a little bit, but it wasn't the. Well, it didn't detract from me. No. Just, just worrisome for uh, the, the roster, frankly. Yeah. yeah, the very first match of the night, you got Lady with a Flu rolling around, and then yeah. literally the show to come. So, like, strange, but yeah, right. two good matches. Yeah, good match. Um, I did feel like B. Priestley was holding back a little bit. Yep. Like, we just watched her against Maya Iwatami before we started. That was not her holding back. Uh, she was throwing knees and strikes as hard as she could. Just uh, dropping opponents from their heads. Yes, yeah. This one, uh, she kind of, she did do a kick that was, I think, supposed to, you know, seem like the one that gave Britt Baker a concussion, but it was very soft. Yeah. I think she was like, if she fucks up in this one, 
that's you know her reputation is like on the line there. So her reputation in other companies, her ability to get called back and do more AEW shows. Yeah, she yeah. definitely looked like she was being more careful, which is never necessarily a bad no, thing. It was a good match. She like she did her best to carry uh, Britt, uh, Britt Baker's kind of green to yeah. like a, a good match to showcase her skills. You were saying? Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry, just taking a drink there. No, yeah. just like would totally agree with that. Um, that like I. I keep seeing Britt Baker, and I'm coming around on the idea of just, like, she's a wrestling dentist, because, like, even the video package, B Priestley just looks right in the camera and goes, you're a fucking dentist! Yep, yeah. And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you for saying what I've been thinking since they keep saying that about, just, like, I want to know how that makes you tougher, and the answer is it enhances her finishing moves. Yes. That works. Yeah, they finally figured out what to do with that. It's like they just had a fact about her, and they didn't really have a character to write. Yeah. And now uh, she can, uh use anatomy terms to talk about how she's gonna do things to your mouth and then she punctuated by saying she's gonna rip B Priestley's fucking jaw out yep which would have been a hell of an ending to the first match on the card metal as hell yeah I but... would have I would have paid extra to see that cool uh, <laughs> uh the only thing more metal is when you get your uh Voodoo familiar to come out with a bunch of hair tied to your. Oh belt. yeah, that happened. Yep, <laughs> I forgot. Care to elaborate? Uh, they are, they're building up to something with Brandy Rhodes, uh, who is, uh, I guess the branding officer of the company. Yep. Um, part-time wrestler, uh, wife of Cody Rhodes, and uh, suddenly, kind of into like witchcraft or some shit. Yeah. It's weird. She's yep. been the manager of Awesome Kong since all. Out no double or nothing. Yeah, it's double or nothing. That uh, awesome Kong uh, from Glow and other you know, in, in Impact and other places like mm. uh, came in. And since then, they've just been doing these vignettes where Brandy says threatening shit to no one in particular, uh, and it's lit very much like uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. <laughs> and then at the end of this match, for some reason, Awesome Kong came out and beat up B Priestley and cut out a chunk of her hair. And sniffed it and tied it to her belt. I don't know what it means, but you know what? They're doing something with the women, which is more than they have been doing since in those five or six weeks that Dynamite has been on the air. There you go. Man, just like mentioning the chilling uh, adventures of Sabrina, what if this was just like a long con program? She gets enough hair, she'll summon Melissa Joan Hart. I don't like the 90s Sabrina. <laughs> okay! <laughs> <laughs> Give me the dark and crazy horror movie, Sabrina. <laughs> Fair enough. And it's on Netflix. Watch it. Um, I mentioned it because I know Melissa Joan Hart is enough of a wrestling fan. That's true. But, I forgot. Uh, yeah. Kevin Owens has her blocked on Twitter. Which <laughs> is, these are fun facts about wrestling. Yeah. Um, if she wanted to do a spot, I would do it, but I prefer Kieran Shipka. Um, <laughs> I and it, they're probably gonna do a crossover with Riverdale at some point, and I'm very excited for that. That is. Ah, delightful. Yeah. Uh, love my teen horror dramas. Um, horror yeah. drummer. <laughs> horror drummer. My kid? I don't know where he went. Uh, so, like, after the tag match, we had the next match on the card, which was Hangman Page uh, versus Pac. Uh, I did it! Uh, you did it! I, I pronounced his name correctly this time. Uh, and Adam Page won that one. Uh, I thought that was a really good match. That was one of my favorite matches on the card. Yeah, the, I mean, Hangman has been looking very good in all of the AEW matches he's had. This was probably his best showcase. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if he ever looked like he was going to beat Chris Jericho when really. they had the uh, world title match. And Pac is just in another league right now. Yeah, like, he's amazing. The Everything that he did well in the WWE is Neville mixed with everything that he did as King Neville on his way out as the King of the Cruiserweights and everything he's done since. He's just... He's where Kenny Omega was when, like, Kenny Omega was on his way to becoming the IWGP uh, heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. Everything is done with intensity and purpose and accuracy and, like, just utter disdain for the person he's fighting. He he looks amazing. Yeah, he's got a great grip on... I mean, he's always been A++++ in the ring, and now he's got a great grip on his character, uh, being a violent, terrible person. Yep. Uh, I mean, they did a... Honestly, the they did a spot here where um, Pac did a brain buster on a chair yeah. to uh, Hangman Page, and that was 
And we'll talk about the main event more, but I thought that was more brutal than anything that happened in the main event. Yeah. It was just a chair on the outside to the concrete. It dented in the side of the seat. Yep. And yeah, it was done in the corner, outside. Hangman had to come right down, not only through that chair, but then onto the floor. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was beautifully beautifully violent. Yes, yeah, that, and this whole match was. Yep. They did a great job. And, like, it is another match where basically the point is to show how good uh, Hangman Page is. Yep. Because he, they definitely want him to be a top star in the company. Yep. And they're on their way to building him up a little bit more slowly than they had been originally. That's the good kind of cowboy shit. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then um speaking of yes yeah speaking of uh the next match i think this is where the pay-per-view kind of took a downturn a little bit yep um it was sean spears versus joey janela in a match that i think all of the build for it happened on aw dark i think so on youtube like it it was like janela talking some shit uh and then uh spears and uh tully blanchard taking offense about it there wasn't much built to it and it really and it was definitely a cool-down match, but it cooled down a little too much. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... They they want Spears to be uh, a serious, like, upper-mid-card heel, but I don't buy it. No. Um, we, we've talked about this before when he yeah. had had a match against John Moxley on Dynamite where whoever is wrestling him gets more attention, which I feel like is a skill in and of itself, but... Right. Not your upper mid-card kind of guy. Yeah. There's nothing really unique to him as the chairman because he's not hitting people with chairs every match. He's not even trying to. Nope. So all of the heat from his feud with Cody's gone. He doesn't really have anything that's dynamic that isn't another person, which is Tully Blanchard, just, like, cheating on his behalf. Because, like, the finishing sequence of this match, um, they hit a spike pile driver on Janela outside where mm-hmm. Tully Blanchard jumps off the stairs and drives his uh, boots down. Mm-hmm. But that's Tully Blanchard doing that, really. Yep. So, yeah, it. I liked this match because it was a chance to see Joey Janela wrestle, mm-hmm. and it which you don't get much. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were some kind of wackadoo things and him just like taking silly amounts of pain and risks and all that, but mm-hmm. like there wasn't any plunder, baby. No. Yeah. Um, Spe- I think NXT had Spears right in the when they kind of just pegged him as a enhancement talent. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of what he is. You're right. Like, whoever he's fighting has more heat than him. Yep. And uh, he's kind of just... The only thing that makes him special is that he's got Tully Blanchard in his corner, which is kind of nice, but not really essential. So this was probably the low point of the, the night for me. Yep, and it led to a, a backstage where... Um, it, it fed very quickly to the interview, which I very much appreciate AEW's use of time. They're very tight and mm-hmm. intentional with whatever uh, they line up. Because they interview Kip Sabian, which I think I've been saying since we have been watching AEW, mm. who the fuck is Kip Sabian? Yep, yep, and, yeah. Uh, now I know. He he was a do-nothing-for-me uh, British face, and now he's a toothpick-clad uh, <laughs> bad guy. Yeah, he's, guy. A, he's a cocky heel. Yep. He, uh, he's... And he's got Penelope Ford on his, by his side to enhance his, you know, uh, healness. Yep. Which is great. I think that, and that established a lot about his character in a very short amount of time. Yep. Um, much more than Sean Spears has, with a lot more attention. Right. I mean, for anybody who is familiar enough with Joey Janela and know that he's the bad boy and even know more than that, mm. I'm just like, Penelope Ford has been the bad girl. Mm. The big, the line that she delivered to really uh, sell her partnership with Kip Sabian is, why be bad when you can be super bad? Yeah. So I like that that works, and also it feeds into a feud of, okay, so we get Janela and Kip Sabian, so yeah. I have a, more of a reason to pay attention to Kip Sabian. Yep, that'll be an interesting feud. Um... Because especially, Sabian's impressed me in the ring, but you're right, he doesn't have a character, really. He's just been teaming with, uh... uh TH2. TH2, yeah. That Hybrid was, 2. I kept thinking H2O, and I'm like, that's not it. Water <laughs> sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs> Waterman's. <laughs> the Waterman. Does whatever a water can. <laughs> sits on your table. If it's warm enough, it'll, it, it'll dry. <laughs> Down the drain. Waterman. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Marvel Palace. Speaking of smoothness, <laughs> uh, we had the AEW Tag Team Championship match, uh, which was SCU, the champions, versus Private Party and the Lucha Brothers mm. in a match that kind of just got thrown together a little bit, but, you know, it was pretty good. It, it, it was funny leading up to it this week, because I was excited for SCU versus the Lucha Bros. I thought mm. 
that on its own sold it, and then it was like, yeah, we're gonna throw a private party in there. Yeah, too. it was weird. Which they're great. I, I like private party. It was one of those things leading into it. It was like I'm I'm wondering if I'm gonna see too much of them and want to see less. Yeah. Because they did great. They did everything that they were that you would expect them to do in the match, but. If anything, of the three teams, I remember the most of what Lucha Brothers did, because Phoenix is on fire right now. Yes, yeah, Phoenix is doing incredible things. Um, Private Party is just very charismatic and dynamic right now. SCU is just kind of like, we're going to stick with the Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian tandem, which is probably the least interesting of like the combinations they can do with SCU. Yep. But I've enjoyed how they've gotten Frankie over though, or Scorpio over uh, more. Oh yeah, like Scorpio, I've been sold on since SEU was part of the company because I feel like he's the best talker who is in Christopher Daniels. True. Um, Frankie's just an incredible worker, but he looks like I don't know, like your your dad got a bunch of CrossFit <laughs> in and like works really well, but. I don't know, nothing really sells me as SEU being, like, dominant tag team champions. They just kind of are the first ones. Yeah. So I was hoping the Lucha Bros were going to win it, but nope, SEU takes it. Yep, they get the successful defense, their first successful defense, which is nice. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it seemed unnecessary to be a triple threat. Yeah. Uh, and it took a while for the teams to gel, uh, and the crowd, like, checked out. Probably because the match before this also was, you know, uh, a low-energy one, so... Uh, once they got into it, though, they got very into it, and then it kind of ended a little too suddenly. Yep. Uh, still pretty good. Um, and then we got to the AEW Women's Championship. Hell yeah. Riho versus her mentor, Emi Sakura. Um, fucking, I love this one. Yeah. I love this one a lot. This was, yeah, it was it was very good in terms of, like, we've seen tons of Rio. if you've been watching AEW. We haven't seen as much of Emi Sakura um, on Dynamite. Mostly no, not at all. In, like, uh, Battle Royals and combina- in, like, multi-person uh, tag matches. So yeah. it was a good showcase for Emi Sakura, who I was watching the match, and I was thinking, like, this is kind of the payoff that some people get. Not everyone does in their career when they've been training people. They've been wrestling for, like, 20-plus years. They haven't really gotten a, like, marquee storyline or feud or title run so it was it it almost seemed like pathos and like a thank you for all the work that emmy soccer has done yeah they have excellent chemistry as you would expect from people who you know work together for many many times yep it was just a weird build-up to it because like um they've announced their like rankings of who's up like the win losses and who's like the top people in every division uh the day before and it it never felt like emmy sakura was a contender, no, because she like, I mean, the the rankings didn't really make sense, especially for the women, because uh, Emi Sakura was one and zero in singles competition, and then like two two overall, yeah, in like tags, uh, and then it only really makes sense when you consider that everyone else with better um, records was just um, had already gotten a shot at the title, right? So it kind of just was, seemed like she was just getting a title shot out of you know. Uh, by process of elimination. By proxy, basically. Yeah, so kind of felt a little underwhelming going in, but, like, they had an excellent match, and they really got the crowd uh, going by the end They with a lot of, like, fast-paced chain wrestling. Yeah. The yeah. same review I, uh, I read about the whole show made the excellent... Up, up Rocks? Yeah. Yeah, Stroud. Um, was that uh, Kenny Omega tweeted something before the show about, like, this match is going to be excellent... All time, these two have had like something like 268 singles matches mm-hmm. against each other, an absurd amount. Like their singles record, Emi Sakura historically has won more often. They're tied tied in title matches. Yep. All of that information you could have like really like sunk your teeth into and gotten invested in as a fan before the match. Yeah. If you didn't read that tweet, you had no idea. Yep, I agree. There was also um, bef- during one of the pre-show things they showed a. Or maybe it was during the actual show, but either way, there was, like, an interview segment with each of them to, like, you know, a, a video package to show their thoughts. And I think that's the first time we've heard Riho speak uh, in AEW hmm. at all. Yeah, I, I missed that one, so I don't know what she sounds like. Yeah. But she, her name is Rio, mm-hmm. and she spins and rolls you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, a nice, uh, you know, they, was, they haven't done a good job giving the women uh, characters right. um, beyond one person being a dentist and one person being the champion. And the voodoo priestess, sort of. Yes. And her familiar. Yeah, they're, that's starting to, they're starting to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I 
there read a thing where uh, Cody was saying that um, part of the reason is because their like women's roster is kind of tied up with like getting visas and stuff. Yep, which is interesting. International I, I, commitments. Yeah, I had never thought about that, but it makes sense yep. that they would have trouble getting visas for some of these international wrestlers. Yeah. So I the the biggest thing I loved about the match is like the size difference size difference between the two, and they're mm-hmm. not like it's not so much that. They, like, one was tremendously taller. They're about the same height, but yeah. Rio is so light compared to almost everybody that she faces. Yeah, she's, like, 80 pounds. Yeah, that she's got to work fast. She's got a lot of, like, stompy-based offense. She has a lot of wiry escapes and things. And I don't even, like, gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what her finishing move is. She just fucking rolls you up yep. really creatively. Yep. She's, yeah, I, I, would, I would say the double knees is her finisher mm. from what I've seen before I can think of. But she won with, like, a very creative... Like tiltable roll-up kind of thing, or a, a spinning thing that resulted in a in a roll-up. It was it came out of nowhere, but it was it made sense and it was the right way to end that match. It was like a tilt-a-whirl head scissors, but it got yeah. in Sakura's arm, it got yes. her to the ground, and then she um, like sunset flipped her and like stacked her up. Yeah, it was, it was great looking a move. I have not seen before, but mm. she's full of those. Oh man! Already the next match on the card was the AEW World Championship. Yep. Uh, with Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. Uh, you won't believe this, but Cody bled quite a lot. I was gonna say this was also a triple threat match. It was Jericho versus Cody versus a steel fucking ramp. Yes. Yeah. They had the old style WCW kind of ramp that like leads right up to the ring, and Cody dove onto it and went head first. Ugh. They did a really good job gluing him up so that he didn't like you know, bleed horribly throughout the rest of the match. Yeah. He was, because it was just pouring out of his fucking head this, like... At first, yeah. Disgusting arc of a cut over his uh, eyebrow. And to your point, yeah, they definitely did a good job of uh, making sure that it wasn't going to go everywhere. There was different, different like, audio of just him as the cameras in his face. He's just like, don't stop this match, not on your life. Yeah. Which added drama to the match, but also, like... It was maybe seven or eight minutes in, so I was thinking, like, this would be so shitty if they had to stop it. Yeah, I thought I was thinking, like, oh, if this is, you know, the end of the match. Even part of me was like, oh, if this is a work, if they, like, planned this and had this be, like, a way to protect the two of them, I would be mad. But they fucking went off for God knows how long. Uh, I didn't look to the match times, but it, it was a pretty lengthy match. Yeah, it feel like, feels like it went on for another, like, 15, 20 minutes, um... Jericho came out with Jake Hager, Cody mm-hmm. came out with MJF, so they both had corner men. Yep, and Hager eventually got uh, kicked out of the match, as a heel familiar will do, mm-hmm. heel second will do. Uh, oh, I should mention, the to the uh, the judges, just in case this match went to 60 minutes. I think the women's match also deserved judges, but, you know, we'll do that later. Um, the, the judges for this match were uh, Dean Malenko, uh, Arn Anderson, and... Keiji Muto. The Great Muto. Uh, yes. So, a uh, very illustrious uh, set of uh, former wrestlers that they could have picked, and they did, and it was kind of cool, especially because Jericho and Malenko had a very famous feud in the 90s, and they called back to that very briefly. Yep. It was very funny in, in part how, like, tilted towards Cody all yeah. the judges were. Yeah. Um, which, again, it's AEW. Like, almost everything is tilted toward the elite anyway. Yeah. But they've done enough of a job of, like, sharing the attention on the rest of the roster. I, I don't really mind it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was just this grand assortment of Japanese legend, former world heavyweight champion, iconic enforcer, and Dean Malenko. <laughs> Dean Malenko. Iconic. I like weight. Yep. Was a weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's weird that Cody is the face in, in any feud. I get why, because, like... Right now, the goodwill to AEW is very high, so it's, like, not going to be easy to get people to boo him. But, like, it is weird that uh, the guy who's an executive, um, is, who's getting a title shot, essentially giving himself a title shot, yep. is the face. But he did a hell of a job selling it with that pump promo, the, um, di- the, uh, the, the Dynamite. The Dynamite Yeah, yeah. the uh, go-home show for Dynamite. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, it, like... It's one of those promos that I was happy to hear about from other people because I don't get the chance to watch Dynamite Live. Yeah. So, like, The Rock loved it and, like, called him out on Instagram for how great it was. Mm. Other people, like, people were buzzing about it. And I feel like, especially for a company like AEW that's still getting on its feet, that's the buzz that you need to be able to carry people into your shows and forward through TV and everything else. Mm -hmm. So it was... Oh, it was great about how Jericho is a cardi succubus. Yep. In that he needs wrestling more than wrestling needs him. 
Cody's wor worked and earned everything himself. He's not just the entitled son of somebody who worked harder than him. Mm -hmm. Oh, so much fire, so much passion. Yeah, really sold the match for me in a way that like I hadn't previously. Mm. Um, and dropped the stipulation that if he lost, he wouldn't challenge for the AEW title again. Yes. Um, not enough cucking. But <laughs> that aside, pretty good promo. <laughs> <laughs> needed more Lashley. Yeah, needed a little bit more of like... You know, standing in the middle of the ring and then somebody claiming they're pregnant. Um, Tony Schiavone. What a surprise. <laughs> oh, good good for Tony. What a seahorse of a man. <laughs> um, <laughs> the workhorse versus the seahorse. Oh, God. Uh, the next AEW pay-per-view. Uh, quadruple or nothing. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of babies. <laughs> um, but yeah, how, do you want to say how the match ended? I do. Um, so Cody is lost a lot of blood at this point. He's fired up. He's tried to rally against Jericho. Been successful here and there, but Jericho's getting the better of him. More than once, Jericho locks him into the walls of Jericho, and each time he does, he's getting it in a little bit tighter, a little mm -hmm. bit differently to the point where he gets it into, like, a high-angled lion tamer, yeah. and he almost more or less has his knee on the back of Cody's yeah, he's, head. He's basically bending Cody like a piece of paper, yep. like just in half. And MJF, being the resourceful motherfucker that he is, materializes a towel, which yeah. hadn't been seen until that point in the match. Yeah. And, like, I very much appreciate when pro wrestling produces a prop with purpose. Mm. So I was like, I looked at that towel and I was like, okay, there's a reason why it's there. Mm. They're either going to add some drama by, like, MJF trying to fire him up. Like, come on, don't quit, you can do it. And, like, I don't know, twirling the towel over his head. But, no, he throws it in, yep. gives up the title match on Cody's behalf, and Chris Jericho's still your AEW World Heavyweight Le Champion. Yes. Uh, they, and, uh, they finally made the heel turn go to fruition when, uh, they spent a long time with, uh, MJF apologizing to Cody, uh, trying to explain why he gave the match away, and then Cody eventually accepting it, and then getting a kick to the dick. Yeah! The international sign of, uh, this guy's not good. Yup. MJF cucked Cody's balls. <laughs> I don't think you know what cucked means. Cuck, 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 cuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Popeye says when he laughs. <laughs> and MJF spinach is your hate. Yeah. <laughs> he feeds on it so much that he got so hot, someone doused him with soda. Yes. Yeah, uh, somebody threw some soda on him, and uh, it added to the... Uh, it, was, it was a corny um, touch, but it was a nice touch in a way. Right. Yeah, the guy who threw the, uh, it was either water or soda, whatever the hell it was, yeah. as uh, MJF was dramatically walking backwards up the ramp, douses him with it. He was wearing an AEW shirt. You saw security, like, walk up to the guy after. So I don't know if that was a plant. It was a plant. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I think they actually, I think Cageside reported who the plant was. It was, like, a indie wrestler. Mm. But, like, yeah. Uh, and just minutes after I uh, that happened, uh, Someone I was talking to online said that they like were in that section and were like, "Oh, it's a plant. Don't worry about it." Yeah, and it was fine. But it was a corny touch. But it was nice. It was like unique. You don't see that very much. No. Uh, I hope it doesn't encourage people to throw things at wrestlers. But until that happens, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Until then, MJF's gonna get liquidy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Use a scarf. Will absorb most of it. He only hopes. He only prays. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, MJF versus Cody though. That's going to be very good. Yeah. I feel like Cody's done an excellent job since the company started of spotlighting other people. Mm -hmm. um, not that Dustin Rhodes ever needs like further justification of his legendary status, but he started with him. He made Darby Allen look amazing. He uh, gave Jericho an excellent match. And I'm sure that him and MJF are going to uh, make some magic together. Yeah, I am excited. Because MJF is a very good heel, but I do think he could use a little bit of grit. Mm. It's just the kind of thing that Cody excels at. He's going to... That's going to be a blood match. Yeah. In a way. And that MJF does not really have in his reputation so far. But I think like something with this kind of uh, emotional gravitas will uh, help his character a lot. Yep. And it's going to be nice that he's not going to have to be this like heel that's pretending to be a face kind of thing anymore. Right. Which, in a way, uh, wrestling is is best when there are like not certain, not necessarily shades of gray, but like complexities and layers to the relationships between the characters. Because like Cody's really the dumb one for mm -hmm. like continuously inviting this guy along. Yeah. For like big important matches and choosing him over people like his wife in Diamond Dallas Page to be his like familiar during things. Can he trust his wife though? His wife is 
into some witchcraft right now. Oh god. What if they add that layer to things? Dude, just like MJF got her into witchcraft. Oh no! He put a voodoo doll. He gave her voodoo dolls a present, and then she went to Wikipedia and read about it and thought this was very cool. He's an enabler. <laughs> um but yeah, that's uh that's an exciting uh, pointing to the future. I don't know where Jerrica goes from here. Wherever he wants. I yeah, mean that's true. That's kind of the the great thing about being world heavyweight champion is that like that's your deal. Everyone yeah. else has to come to you. True. He's scheduled to. Um, he and I think Sammy Guevara are gonna be competing for the tag title on Wednesday. Yep. Wins and losses matter, people. <laughs> <laughs> what a record they have. <laughs> but I don't. I think that I think they're undefeated as a tag team. I don't even know if they've wrestled together before, like on AEW. I think they did when we were in Boston. Oh, I vaguely remember that point. It, more of just like me laughing at the fact of just like it's weird, yeah, yeah. It's an unexpected, uh, you know, thing. I think like I think the storyline is that he's like as champion, like flexing his influence or whatever. Sure, whatever. I'm not mad about it. It's just more one of those things of like I wouldn't make it a point if they didn't make it a point to say wins and losses matter because right. there were other tag teams. Yeah. Either way, yeah, it'll be good. I don't. I feel like all the other tag teams are have like losing records right now, though. I mean, everybody who didn't win the tournament lost. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm like jonesing for the Dark Order. Right. Exactly. Um, it's just like it's they're kind of back to the corner a little bit. Hmm. Um, as far as the tag division goes, even though they're doing a great job with it, it's yep. just. Yeah. And I mean, it would be too soon for Pride and uh, uh, Powerful, Pride and Powerful. So. Actually, yeah. Well, technically, it wouldn't be because they just beat the Bucks. Whatever. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it should be a triple threat. <laughs> Everything's a triple threat. <laughs> or maybe Proud and Powerful were like, Jericho, you share the bubbly with us all the time. The bubbly. You should, you should get your chance. Why not Nyla Rose and the Librarian? They're undefeated as a tag team. That's true. Uh, we'll see that when they have women's tag titles. Yay, maybe. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, that would probably be a long time. Yeah. Uh, first, they have to have more than one women's section per show. That's true. Um, but yeah, so we have, I mean, that was the main event with quotation marks. Um, and then they turn the lights out, which is how you become uh, legally unresponsible for what happens next. Right. Um, that's a that's a thing that was in the Constitution. And cruise ships manifestos. Yeah. It's um, like once you get it on international waters, they turn the lights off. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think John Adams has said it best. Uh, blub, once... blub, 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 blub. <laughs> 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 once you blow out thou gaslight candle... Uh, and no responsibility afterwards. You can fight anybody and <laughs> murder them in a match, and uh, the the venue holding the match can't be held responsible. And that's basically the story of why John Moxley and Kenny Omega are fighting. Why? What do you mean? Put my quill down. You put your quill down. <laughs> I'll put my quill down in your eye. Oh. <laughs> why Thomas Jefferson famously had an eye patch. Yeah. It's in all the uh, photographs. <laughs> you look that up in the History Museum. Um, just the one. <laughs> the one History Museum. You know the one. Yeah. Yeah, look for the Thomas Jefferson section. You gotta close one eye, you'll see it. Yeah. Uh, he had an eye patch. It was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> the only cool thing about him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the main, the real main event was John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, who uh, they had spent like five months uh, talking about how they were going to murder each other. Yep. And now they're in a match that doesn't count for the wins and losses, but they can do whatever the fuck they want. And what did they do? They threatened to hurt each other so bad that John Moxley's bursa sack was like, I'm going to do it myself. And <laughs> it infected itself, yeah. Because they were originally scheduled to fight months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they do? They punched each other. Yes. They yelled at each other. Yep. They kicked each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Moxley got a bat with barbed wire on it. Yep. Uh, and did some hitting with it. Hit him right in the, hit Kenny Omega in the ribs, the back, yep. the fucking head. Uh, Kenny Omega, not to be outdone, got his cleaner broom, yep. covered in barbed wire, swept it on fucking Moxley's back. Yep. Uh, there was a board covered in mouse traps mm-hmm. that fucking Kenny Omega bumped all over. There was multiple. There were tables, uh, yeah. 
the Terminator uh, Kenny dive put Moxley through that. Mm-hmm. There were chairs. Of course there were chairs. There were some chairs, yeah. Um, the uh, There was a, a golden steel chain. Which, oh, like, yeah. Super weirdly, I was just like, what are you going to do? You're just going to like pilot in the ring and you're going to drop something? They did fucking did that. Yep, he did that. It's an awkward thing to land on. Yep. He, uh... <laughs> Moxley put it in Kenny Omega's mouth and pulled really hard. Yep. Um, Giving him the chain flu. Yes. <laughs> this is the flu that you need a chain of vaccines to guard against. It's very tough. Yeah. You got to get like three in a row um, or Dr. Mario kicks you out. That's what John Moxley sounded like. <laughs> um, and then the, here, here's a point in the match that like I didn't realize till today because I'm an idiot mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Omega produced a bag from under the ring yeah. and inside it was like a shard of glass and then yeah. he stepped all over it and then he dumped it out and at one point he had a bunch of it in his hand and he like funneled it into Moxley's oh, yeah. mouth sugar glass yeah I'm an idiot Yo, he, thought it was, he thought it was real glass <laughs> I didn't know how they did that yeah. <laughs> I didn't question it to be fair, like they like a pay per view ago, they had uh, thumbtacks in Jimmy Havoc's mouth. So put it so mouth torture things are not out of the league of AEW. But yes, yeah, they did do sugar glass of that too. Yeah, that's also how he dragged himself across the glass. That's what I was. It's like I was watching it. I was like, this is too much. Why is this yeah. still happening? <laughs> yeah, but then they also weren't really bleeding as much as they would. And they didn't question it. Yeah, they were bleeding some. There was yeah. definitely blood. But it wasn't, like, a shit ton. 32-year-old man. <laughs> I'll believe anything. Yeah, well, someday you'll be 34, and you'll believe two fewer things. Great! <laughs> Looking forward to that. But, yeah. Um, oh, God. Continuing this string of violence, Kenny Omega put John Moxley through the stage. Yep. At one point, there was just a big full-gear logo that he fucking V-triggered him through. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, but and before that, there was the... Uh, the bed uh, or the trampoline covered in barbed wire. Yep. Which, not as fun as it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's gonna like, <laughs> you think it's gonna pull you down and then keep you there so you have more momentum going up. But no, it just hurts apparently. Yep. No, um, it just spined ease into your skin. Um, yeah. yeah. They suplexed each other into that and like had to be assisted out. Because yeah. They're fucking madman. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a tame barbed wire thing though. They like yeah. they built dulled it some. Again, totally fine. Yeah. Um, and then they made their way back to the ring because they weren't done being masochists. John Moxley got out a knife from under the ring, and I know what you're thinking. Didn't cut Kenny Omega's pants off. No, he cut the apron of the ring, like all the securing things on the side, off, and we just got planks of fucking wood. Yep. And they started slamming each other on that shit. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny uh, lost the match because he tried to do Kota Ibushi's uh, Phoenix Splash. And he probably took, like, three years off of his knees. Yep. Uh, doing that move onto a plank of wood and then getting uh, you know, beaten by Moxley. Which yep. good for John Moxley. Yeah. Like, it's a win that doesn't count, but it's a win. I, he gets to look strong for maybe the first time in uh, AEW on a pay-per-view. Well, I guess he beat Janela in a From a singles match. Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it. this is... Now, more than once, John Moxley has been, like, the thing, the most memorable part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um... Like you said, both unsanctioned matches, so they don't technically count for his record, but, I mean, I don't know if anything else sticks out any more than just, like, how much violence he put on Kenny Omega, how good he looked in doing it, and, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see how they justify that, how he's not the world heavyweight champion number mm-hmm. one contender. Yeah. Um, and that's a fun story to go from here. Yeah, it's interesting because he and uh, Janela both have that, like... They only win in these crazy fucking violent matches kind of things. Uh, but I think Janela might likely have... No, they probably both have the same record off the top of my head. In, like... Just, like, singles matches that count. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a good question. I mean, I feel like Janela's behind now because he lost the Spears. But I don't yeah. think Mox... Has Moxley lost? I don't think he has. Yeah, you're right. I feel like Janela must have won something, but maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong. A popularity contest. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely bad boy to be liked in Jersey. <laughs> Guy who had the best WrestleMania indie show three years running. Yay! Um, but yeah, it's a yeah. I don't. This match, I have mixed feelings because it was like exciting, but also just like just them dragging themselves through a bunch of items. Yeah, like for forty minutes. Like if it was twenty. Uh, A plus. Yeah. But like at 40, it was like, okay, uh, fucking, oh, now we're going to walk over to the stage now. And now 
uh, let's pull out this uh, this rig of barbed wire and then lie down in that for five minutes. Yep. And then not not sell it. Just kind of throw each other to the stage next, and then just kind of hop from set piece to set piece, which was fine. Yep. For what it was, but wasn't like the best thing. No. And I mean, it, it's what I've been surprised at when I see Kenny Omega in these matches. I'm just like, he doesn't need to prove anything by doing this. No, not his, at all. His reputation is for putting on like Japanese masterpiece matches, but even when he's not doing that, he's an incredibly good fucking wrestler. Yeah. His match with Pac proves that. His match with Jericho's proved that. Everything he's done in AEW so far, he's been excellent yeah. at it. So I always have this question mark over my head of like, why are you doing this? Yep. Like. We fell on time? Yeah, I think it's for the uh, entertainment reality to put Moxley over. But yeah. I think that might be the next step for them to just have a regular match. Right. Um, hopefully. Because, Keaton, do you want John Moxley to get some wins? Yes. He's looking at me very intensely, as if I'm stupid for asking. <laughs> of course, he was the best member of the Shield. Duh. Yeah, of course. Okay, buddy. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that It was AEW Full Gear. I would say a pretty good show overall. Yeah. Total bouncy house, not a water park. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> water parks, as we have established in previous episodes, not good. Um, Easiest place to get a flu. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the voice of Flemmy experience. Exactly. Um, but yeah, definitely a bouncy house. As long as you don't bring your barbed wire inside of it, nope. and then the bouncy house goes down. Yep. And it gets sad. It's true. Yeah. Don't make people sad. Don't make them Emmy Sakura cry. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, so what, uh, anything you want to add about the show? Um, I think that uh, Double or Nothing was a better show, mm. it, but, like, grand scheme, they've had two pay-per-views. So I feel like it delivered in a lot of ways. I feel like it was very much a building pay-per-view, mm-hmm. almost like a B-level that you'd expect from the WWE or, like, another company. Yeah. Um, but it hit all the right notes. Um, I know more about the characters now than I did before, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen next, which I don't, I can't always say about a wrestling company. True. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of weird because, like, Dynamite is so focused on good matches that, like, just an event that's just, you know, basically the same thing but an hour and a half longer is, it's, it's like, hard to get super excited about it, but they are very good at doing these events that are just wrestling matches. Yep. They're with the very low on character things and low on promos. So, hey, they did a very good job with what they had, and they had a lot. Forgive the terminology, they're gearing up. There weren't any title switches. Yep. There was uh, there were some seeds planted for new feuds like MJF versus Cody, mm-hmm. Joey Janela versus Kip Sabian. But again, like a lot of the the main marquee folks, like we don't know who Rio's gonna face next. We don't we we do know who SEU's gonna face mm-hmm. next, but there hasn't really been any build to it, and we don't know who Jericho's got next. Yeah. So it's a lot of just kind of like, if you liked it, show up next time to see us, uh, you know, start writing on the clean slate. Yep. It's like a it's like a, a dynamite plus dark. Yep. Combined into one event, which, yeah, I'll well, take. Dino Dark, the tag team of Luchasaurus and Pentagon. <laughs> I would love that fucking tag who team. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Put that tag team together. I don't know how you do it with Ray, but... Maybe he goes singles for a little while. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pair him up with Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt needs a babysitter. <laughs> Phoenix is a great influence. <laughs> He's going to throw him off all the items. Yay! All right. Um, but that has been our, our recap of WWE. Oh, no, fuck. Fuck WWE. Jer uh, was uh, lost in Saudi Arabia <laughs> with the rest of the talent, so he's still getting over his trauma. Yeah, I'm uh, just trying to just trying to cuck somebody out here, man. <laughs> We're all just we out here cooking. Yeah, yeah. The cooker be cooked, and buddy, this time I'm gonna do the cooking. Okay. <laughs> he said to Vince, and was promptly left behind. Uh, I think he would take me with him. Oh, you think you'd make it into the the top twenty book plane? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, <laughs> strong counter argument. <laughs> you think I, you think I'm not? You think I'm fucking Luke Harper? I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> you are not that tall. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have quite as many tank tops either. True. So there, take that, Vince. If you need somebody to fly your plane <laughs> with twenty people on it, I am your man. Next time you go to Saudi Arabia, you bring me, and I will make sure that they know that they're doing bad things in human rights. <laughs> 
cool the entire flight. Yeah. And another thing, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Also, hey, you get into that group chat with the Saudi Arabian government, and you say, hey, pal, you cut that shit out with the misogyny and the laws that are bad. And we'll see where business goes from there. You say uh, cuck that shit out? I say cut with a T at the end. <laughs> but if you want to... It's a Vince McMahon's text, man. If he wants to get on his phone, he wants to change that letter to CK, he can go right ahead. Mm-hmm. That's why he's the president of that company. But we were talking AEW and uh, Full Gear. No cucking. No cucking. <laughs> no cucking, just fucking. Um, <laughs> Oh, God, I can't wait for their next Cucker Barrel Clash. <laughs> there was no cl- Cracker Barrel I know. thing. Uh, More product placement. Yeah, I know. And our show doesn't have a sponsor this week, so, it you know, it, it's, it cycles. I figured it was Grand Historical uh, Photos based <laughs> on Thomas Jefferson's uh, whole portfolio of iPad shots. They're not sponsoring us, but I do recommend that if anybody wants to learn about history, you go to the History Museum. <laughs> It's uh, you tell them the Russell Down sent you, and you'll pay full price. Yeah, we'll talk about it, and then like next week we'll ask, hey, uh, did anybody go to your museum of history, uh, asking about the Russell Down? And then if they got a spike in people, uh, maybe they'll you know teach us some history. Maybe we'll get a discount to get in there. Maybe we'll have like a code. One of those codes that you can like type in thehistorymuseum.com slash wrestle down or whatever. Yep. And then get like 20% off of a ticket. I don't know. We'll see. You just go there and you don't spend the whole day there because maybe you'll get in again on a discount. It'll work out. You, you gotta pace your visits, is what we're saying. Yeah. There's so much history. And there's only one history museum. We burnt the other ones down like Seth Rollins, baby. Yeah, they just put everything in there. And now you kind of just got to go in and dig your way through all these historical artifacts. It's weird that they like to touch them, uh, but I'm no archivist, so... The description's like, they didn't even arrange or curate it. It's just a pile of history, room to room. Okay, well, listen, you got like eight museums, seven of them burned down. You got to put everything in there, and what are you going to do? You're going to, you know... Make them all nice and straight on the walls or whatever. Yes! No. <laughs> Not when they all come in on the same day. That's you nice. gotta throw them all into the basement. And then you just, like, you hope the guests can figure it out. It's amazing how you know all seven of the other museums burnt down on the same day. The inventory all arrived at the same time to the history. Jared, yeah. looking behind a lot of this. Not at all. <laughs> Great culpability. I've 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 read about when the trucks came in and put the history stuff <laughs> in the attic and basement. I feel like the the blogs that you follow are so specific to begin with. Yeah. And then this one is just like needlepoint. <laughs> yeah. Well, BostonHistoryStuff.com. <laughs> Maybe they'll be our next sponsor. I have no idea. Hey, you'll have to tune in next week. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, find out who our sponsors will be and whatever the fuck happens in wrestling since then, until then uh, I've been Jared Palapal on twitter.com swing dingling I am Dennis Bruno at dbruno42 on Instagram at Sensei Danny B on the Twitter machines and the little Keaton Kitty man is Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram doof, doof, that's doof, true doof, that is your Instagram handle right buddy okay uh, we are the Wrestle Down thanks for listening up good night bye bye man I hope that was recording